This episode of Omar the Barbarian is being brought to you by Tactical Manscaper. Are you feeling a little overgrown in certain areas, but haven't the first clue how to handle it? We know you are. That's why we developed a fine suite of manscaping products and services, all available on demand on our Tactical Manscaper app. But Omar, you ask, what services do you offer? Well, let's say you need to ungrowth yourself, but you don't know how. Or worse, you simply can't. Now, at the touch of a button, you can have one of our specialists come to your home and tactically manscape you. But Omar, you ask, what about COVID? Fair question. Because of science, we at Tactical Manscaper have figured out a way to deal with your hairiness up close while being socially distant. Somehow, we are able to get up close and personal while remaining 12 feet away from you. How? Science. So, for the low, low price of $500 an hour, ungrowth yourself. Download the Tactical Manscaper app today, available on my OnlyFans account and also at thisisnotarealadyoudummy.com. Listening to the Omar the Barbarian podcast, where we talk about what is best in life. Uh, got your boy today flying solo. Today's topic: the new Marvel animated show on Disney Plus. What if? All right. So, if you have not seen Marvel's What If show episode one, then I need to warn you that I'm going to be getting into spoiler territory. So. Go watch that. Then I'm going to need you to come back here. Chop it up with your boy. However, if you have already seen it, I see it. Uh, then sit back, relax, and uh, let's, let's dig in. So, wh- what even is what if? There's some of y'all I know that are like, man, I don't even know, you know what that is. Well, what if is more or less a comic book series that uh, originally dropped back in like 1977, I want to say. Um, I think it, it had a run of right around 40 to 50 issues. Uh, they featured this dude, and I think I'm, I, I might be butchering this man's name, but I think it's Uatu. Um, I always call him the Watcher because yeah, it's easier to pronounce. But I believe his name is his his his, his grandmama name him Watu, right? The Watcher. And you say, "Oh, go one more. What is, what does he do?" Well, basically, he be he be watching stuff. <laughs> um, you've seen him in the movies, like it's. Uh, I think there was Stanley did a cameo with uh, the Watcher. I can't remember which flick, 
But uh, I think there were like a few watchers in that cameo. But anyway, uh, this one basically is this dude who watches the earth and the the comic book issues explore uh, stories about how things might have been had these certain key moments in Marvel history happened differently than how they had happened. Um, I'm old enough to remember seeing what if comics on the shelves of uh, my local comic shop back in the day. And uh, yeah, titles like the very first issue was uh, what if Spider-Man uh, had joined the fantastic four, you know, and on the cover you had the fantastic four with Spider-Man and they busting through the cover and all of them got fives on their chests instead of the iconic four on the chest. And so it gets into that. And then later on you had an issue uh, that explore what might've happened had Gwen Stacy lived. Um, my favorite, what if all time though, might be uh, what if Rick James had become the Hulk and the cover has Rick James. Yes. That Rick James <laughs> turning into the Hulk while some dude is standing nearby and he's like, talk about how super freaky it is that the Hulk is <laughs> Rick James, which I think is fantastic. Now, what if is an animated series on Disney plus and like pretty much everything else, Kevin Feige touches. It is phenomenal. So I'm going to talk about what I liked. I'm going to get into what I did not like, which to be honest is not much so far. Mind you, we're only one episode deep. And then uh, talk a little bit about how I think all of this is going to play out in the MCU down the road. Okay. So what did I like? Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher. Love the casting. Though, I do think that there are stronger voice acting choices Marvel could have chosen for the Watcher. But I, I ain't mad at this casting. Don't get me wrong. It's just that Jeffrey Wright is not who I hear when I hear the watcher. But again, if I'm being honest, this whole thing is so new that I think he'll grow on me. I think I want a deeper baritone for the watcher, maybe like a, a Keith David. Uh, but Keith David has such a distinct voice that I think it'd be hard for me not to associate him with Spawn. And those of you who know, he Keith David voiced spawn in the old hbo series and so uh much like mark hamill doing the voice of skeletor in the masters of the universe and people saying that he sounds like the joker if i hear keith david i might hear spawn so even though i would have loved to have had somebody like a keith david doing the watcher i think jeffrey wright might uh grow on me and for those of you who don't know jeffrey wright has been uh, a mainstay in the Daniel Craig Bond films. Uh, he has the also the unique distinction of playing both Jim Gordon in the upcoming The Batman series. And that's the one that's, uh, what is dude's name? Um, the dude from Twilight. Uh, that dude, you know who I'm talking about, uh, Edward Cullen. Why do I know his uh, young adult fiction name? <laughs> but I can't think of that man's government name. I can't think of that man's name. Anyway, dude in that, uh, Jeffrey Wright is playing Jim Gordon in The Batman. But funny enough, he's voicing Batman in an upcoming show. It might already be out. Uh, I need to check. But
but it's called Batman The Audio Adventures. I know it's slated for 2021. I'm not sure if it's out yet. Um, again, all of that to say, I ain't mad at having an actor of Jeffrey Wright's caliber helming the narration for this franchise. Um, speaking of voice actors, I absolutely love the fact that we got almost everybody from damn near the whole MCU, but uh, Captain America First Avenger back for this episode. We got Haley Atwell. <laughs> Haley. Mm, love me some Haley Atwell. <laughs> she shines, as always, as Peggy Carter uh, slash Captain Carter. You got Shab- uh, Sebastian Stan back as Bucky Barnes. Uh, Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark. You got Samuel L. Jackson back as Nick Fury. Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. The only person we didn't get was Chris Evans voicing Steve Ro- uh, Steve Rogers. And And to be honest with you, that is really the only thing I did not like about this. Well, uh, that and the episode link felt uh, a little bit light to me. I would have liked, uh, they're like, like just under 30 minutes. And I'm assuming that we're going to have probably similar runtime for the upcoming shows. I would have preferred like a 45 minute to an hour show. I get it. These are expensive, but still, man, give, uh, give me more. You know, I want more. I guess that's a good thing. You should, you know, um, Marvel knows what they're doing. So I'd rather want more, get a little less and want more than get too much and go, okay, I, I'm ready for this to end. All right. Uh, Iron Fist <laughs> comes to mind where we got a whole lot of Iron Fist and I wanted less of Iron Fist. We got two seasons of Iron Fist. Uh, anyway, I digress. There's uh, probably a good reason we didn't get Chris Evans, but still, man, how do you not get Chris Evans? Um, for what I've been you know, reading online about this, uh, we're going to get Chadwick Boseman uh, voicing T'Challa and Star-Lord. You, you got Carrie Coon coming back as uh, Proxima Midnight in a future show. Um, you got Benedict Cumberbatch voicing Doctor Strange. Again, pretty much all of the actors from the MCU with a couple of notable exceptions, Robert Downey, Tom Holland, uh, we're getting darn near everybody. No Chris Evans. Uh, we got a dude named Josh Keaton, who I believe did work on Voltron. I have to find out. I got to confirm that. Uh, and he actually does a damn good Steve Rogers. Uh, it wasn't really noticeable to me that it wasn't Chris Evans until I started doing research for the show. So it doesn't really matter audibly, but it it does matter to me in that the magic of the MCU is within the consistency. Chris Evans is Steve Rogers. And uh, you know what? Now that I think about it, we're probably not going to get ScarJo either given her current lawsuit. But anyway, uh, what else did I like? Let's talk a little bit about the animation, which is stunning. The action sequences are so good that they, and mind you, this is borderline prisoner of the moment. I just watched this. So uh, give me a little, you know, some, some grains of salt, some little salt bay. But I personally feel like they are on par with the movies. Now, my understanding is that Marvel now has their own animation studio. And given that they are part of Disney, you know you're getting the best animators to ever do it. The show even has 
this depth to it. You know, the way the characters look, look Disney-esque, right? They look like Disney, you know, just the, the, the rounded features, you know, the way that their faces look, it, it's the movement. It, it kind of looked like you were watching it like an old school Disney flick, uh, but it was Marvel. Uh, I also like the use of light. Uh, it's very significant and adds some realism to the whole thing. Uh, the story is also pretty damn good. The The first episode takes a look at uh, Captain America, First Avenger, and it asks the question, what if Captain Carter, Haley Atwell, was the first Avenger? All right. So basically, what if Steve Rogers didn't get the super soldier serum and instead it went into Peggy Carter? I absolutely love the way the show did it. There's a, a throwaway line in the movie, uh, Cap, first Avenger, where it's suggested that Peggy go wait in another room. And in the flick, she does. But here... She chooses to stay in the room. And so Steve's getting ready to go into the little chamber to get the serum. But before he can go in, uh, this Hydra dude shoots him. And then Peggy kills the Hydra dude. And then, you know, they're like, oh, my God, we're not going to be able to do it. And she's like, listen, I'll do it. And they're like, you can't do it. You're a female. And she was like, look, I'm going to do it. And she goes in and all of a sudden she's Captain Carter. Right. And then take Steve's place. And the show unfolds from there, taking you know key beats from the movie, but then flipping them in a way that was really entertaining and really interesting. One such twist was Howard Stark taking the Tesseract and using it to power sort of this, this Iron Man suit that kind of had this Iron Giant feel to it. Uh, they called it the Hydra Stomper. And I love that they found a way to bring Steve into the action. And it's so interesting that he would essentially be Iron Man pre-Tony. That, that was a really nice touch, you know, that they did there. It's a nice callback to the line uh, in, in Avengers where Tony says, you know, everything special about you came out of a bottle. And this is just another example of how untrue that statement really was. While this is, very much a Captain Carter show. I mean, she's she's beating people up the way that Cap did. I mean, perhaps even better than he did. But what I love most is that she and Steve still fall for each other. I mean, he's not 6'5", he's not ripped, he is skinny Steve. But she still sees the hero inside and she falls for him. And I love how they worked together. The show honored what came before but evolved what they had. And this to me is how you do it right. Did anybody notice how Captain Carter suddenly had a sword and shield too? I had all kinds of of Wonder Woman vibes, y'all. I gotta believe that was a dig at DC. Like, hey DC, here's how you not screw up Wonder Woman after like Wonder Woman 1984. But anyway, uh, just, you know, and Marvel's probably gonna get away with that. But it, it felt very Wonder Woman-esque to me, seeing her with a sword and a shield. You know, so anyway, uh, where do we go from here? Um, I know we're getting nine episodes. Uh, there was supposed to be ten, but I think they're going to take number ten. They're going to tack it on to, uh, we're already getting, it looks like a season two. And I know they want to do this and Loki. You know, they want to quickly spin up the, the next seasons 
uh, around those. So clearly all of this is setting up the multiverse. Major, major kudos to AC Bradley, the showrunner, on a great job so far. She knows her stuff. She has respect for the source material and has actually figured out a way to make the Marvel movies, uh, which have now become classics in their own right, even more rewatchable. So far, what if is a home run? Um, I don't know how I would, I would rate it. You know, uh, five out of five stars. And, well, you know what? Four and a half out of five stars. Because if you if you get Evans, uh, and you give me a longer uh, show, then you're gonna you're gonna get five out of five for me. You know, but uh, no Chris Evans. And again, uh, not that um, that the other dude who you know replaced him is, is bad. You know, I, I think he did a, a fine job. Like I said, I, I barely even noticed. Um, but you give me Evans and you give me 45 minutes to an hour and uh, I give you five out of five. For now, four and a half. That ain't bad. Four and a half out of five ain't bad. So, listen, again, it's a home run. Check it out when you get an opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Omar the Barbarian podcast. We'll see you next time. Peace.